podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Contend Capable acknowledges the indigenous people on the land on which we record this podcast, the Tarongorong people. We offer our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome to Content and Capable. My name's Sam. I'm your host. I uh, am really excited to uh, be chatting here with uh, Leo Puglisi of Six News fame. Hi, Leo. Welcome to Content and Capable. Great to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm so very excited. As I keep telling every person I meet, um, you're one of my favorite journalists and I want to be like you when I grow up, which is funny because you are very much younger than I am. <laughs> I, I, yeah, a, f- a few people have said that and, um, you know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, well, I'm having to wait a few years till I grow up to be like you anyway, so, you know, <laughs> but still, I mean, I don't know, it, it keeps the gig going with, um, you know, being younger and all that and you'll be able to... Make the I'm not voting for anyone jokes on Twitter. I mean, 2025, I turn 18, but election will be in May or earlier, so I can keep the good, the, keep the joke running for a, <laughs> for a while there, which I'm re- I'm really happy with. But uh, yeah, look, we always love riling up people who just have no idea what they're talking about. It gives me great joy to to see the replies and some of your tweets because it is just absolutely chaotic. Sometimes people just have no idea who they're speaking to. I, I legit two minutes before I got on air, and this is not a joke. And anyone who's now listening can go and go and check the record. I had someone arguing with someone else, and then I jumped in that uh, uh, Albanese had never been on Sky News, and it was just this constant beratement. And I'm showing them screenshots of him on Sky News, and they're photoshopped. I've showed the YouTube link, and then just some ramble. I showed the transcript from the Prime Minister's office that says on yeah. Sky News, I show his tweets where he says about to join Sky News. See, it's just like that, but it, it gets worse. It's always the age-based stuff. Um, last night, someone was saying it was my mum uh, running the account. They're going to put in a freedom of information request to find out who I am. With whom? Um, okay. like, with who? Who are they going to put in <laughs> with my dad? They're just going to email him and like, oh, is this your son? Oh. Are you controlling the account? It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Look, it's very fascinating. For those who don't know what Six News is, could you give a bit of a rundown of of, of what the the channel is and, and what you guys do? Yeah, so we're a uh, independent, unbiased digital news outlet run entirely by young journalists. Some aged a bit younger than myself, some in their early twenties. Uh, got a team of more than a dozen people now, uh, covering national news, international news, with a bit of a uh, niche on some political stuff as well. Uh, started off as kind of being just a weekly bulletin. We're a lot more than that now. We are effectively like a twenty-four-seven channel that is. At this stage, not yet broadcasting 24-7, but we're really not a week in review thing. It's really up to live stuff, breaking news. That's where we really focus on now. And again, some of the political niche content that mainly is on me and a few other people. But uh, mm. yeah, it's it's growing and uh, this is our fourth year too. So four years ago, why did you start? Like, like obviously, 
you've got a passion for news. Like, if that's not evident, I don't know what is. But, you know, why did you start deciding that you wanted to broadcast news online? Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was more of a passion thing in 2019. I mean, it was last year primary school. I'm in year six. Nothing better to do. I'd liked having a passion for it. I mean, that goes back to things like liking things like English, uh, watching mm. the news from a young age. I mean, there's a video of me watching the ABC in a high chair. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was nothing serious, but it became a bit more serious when 2020 rolled around. People were actually looking for more news, be that, be that bushfires where uh, a family holiday had gone awry and suddenly I was in a bushfire zone, which was not exactly well planned, but you know, there's like Aubrey and Canberra, etc. We driving up there and then of course COVID. Uh, so we just continued from there. Eventually a few other media places, you know, interviewed me and then took off from there, especially online and especially maybe unfortunately on Twitter, which has um, proved to be a blessing and a horrible, horrible curse. But it's incredible. I can't believe it's grown like that. And uh, yeah, without, yeah, without COVID, we wouldn't be where we are now. I can say that. So if that's uh, one benefit of COVID, one of not many, <laughs> but uh, that might be it for me. I think it's it's one of those fascinating things where you just don't think about the the situations that you land yourself in as well like um you know you're you're from the victoria you're from victoria you know one of the most heavily locked down areas in the world mm. um and having a, a being there and witnessing it firsthand is just gives that extra little bit of perspective that not everyone could quite capture in the in their news cycle. Um, same with bushfires, and you know, same with a whole variety of other things. Yeah. You, and you I was know, going through sit- remote learning too, might I add, um, which is of course something others couldn't um, uh, relate to it in terms of yeah. um, you know actually experiencing that. I'm sure parents had experiences. Many journalists are parents themselves, mothers, fathers. But, mm. uh, you know, as a student, being able to report on it was an incredible perspective. And uh, might I add that lockdowns um, just in itself may have also advanced Six News because I was able to be at a computer oh, yeah. all the time. I, mean, I was at a computer <laughs> when uh, uh, Glennis Berishiklian resigned and it was like a Friday, Friday afternoon and she suddenly resigned and I'm balancing a Zoom call with a... Uh, a, uh, 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 a lockdown, uh, a, resi- a resignation press conference, I should say. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's kind of terrifying on one hand that, you know, thing, obviously the news, news cycle kind of necessitates that everyone be almost chronically online, but also at the same time, you know, that, that being able to be behind a computer, you know, and, I've only very fairly recently graduated from high school myself and 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 sitting there and have that have that computer in front of you and have that excuse to kind of you know run a zoom call and on on the side be watching the premier of a state resign or you know a, a lockdown be introduced or you know restrictions be advanced or um, you know a variety of other things we had an ele- we had a federal election up between covid and now you know it, there there's so much that like happens especially within school hours you know i I work in a nine to five newsroom and we, between three and 5 PM, we're kind of just sitting there writing the rest of our stories as we prepare the, I work in a newspaper and, you know, working on that newspaper and, and preparing those mm. stories. You don't, you don't necessarily chase stories outside of that kind of school hours where everyone's kind of fully working and, and, and engaged. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And, uh, 
But, you know, the 24-hour cycle is um, important for us to cover. Uh, there's been plenty of big stories that have been covered at ridiculous hours when most Australia media was not up. Uh, the Queen dying, that was something we were reporting on at the moment. You know, we've got the tweet, 3.31am Eastern Daylight, uh, which was a... We were all expecting it after the first kind of announcement of what was like, you know, 8.30, 9.30, that she was ill. Uh, and of course, even in the UK, the resignation of Boris Johnson and then the resignation of Liz Truss, which we were also mm. up covering at ridiculous hours. And uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy to cover sometimes and maybe it's contributed to my terrible sleep schedule, but uh, <laughs> it is necessary and it's what our viewers and our followers do like. They do like the live breaking news 24-7. I think the big criticisms of existing news channels is either they're too biased or they're too boring. They're not up to well, date. Yeah, that too, and I think that, like, this is one of the comments I've seen since, like, I've studied a journalism degree and I've I finished that degree and I've started, you know, working in a quote-unquote proper newsroom. And it's, it's very fascinating to sit in that newsroom and be a young person with the kind of energy and the ideas that I have and watch people go, why didn't, you know, I never thought of it that way or, you know, I never, never thought to take it this angle or having the, having the... And I suppose it's a crude word, but the naivety to go, I'm going to pursue this story, even though it doesn't seem like a good story uh, initially and, you know, having good results from it. Mm. Uh, I think it's one of those things that a lot of older journalists don't. You know, they kind of pick and choose what they feel like is right. You know, I kind of stumbled the other week onto a story about water fluoridation and obviously... As soon as I say water fluoridation, you kind of get a whole stream of comments about the fact that, you know, it's a bad thing or whatever, it's a good thing. Um, but the town I live in now in, in northeast Victoria, in Mansfield, has a very long history with water fluoridation and, and dental hygiene. Uh, and I didn't realise, uh, I really kind of just popped onto it because we saw this story about how people from Dubbo didn't realise they weren't drinking fluoridated water and... I was like, oh, well, what happens here, you know? And it it's not something that anyone else in the newsroom really kind of pursued. And it was weird because I got a lot of, pu- a lot of not pushback, a lot of engagement from it, you know. Um, I stumbled on to the CEO of the Victorian Dental Association um, and... You know, he his dad was the principal of the local primary school and, you know, all of this crazy stuff that you, you just don't get when you don't pursue a story all the way. Mm. Um, it's kind of amazing. Look, uh, this has probably been asked to death of you, but how do you balance, like, school, which is, you know, typically nine to three, let's be honest, it's not anymore, um, and uh, and then, you know, writing news and keeping on top of the news cycle? Yeah, well, I think I've given the same answer about every time. I don't know, and I barely do. Uh, it's um, it's it can be hard to to manage. I'm glad that we do have a a big team, and it should be emphasised. This is not Leonardo Puglisi's six news. This is six news. It is a team, and it is a whole team who are doing things on air or behind the scenes, twenty four seven. Uh, but I don't know. At times, it it can be uh, it can be hard. But uh, thank God for scheduled social media posts and all that you know it makes it easy um but uh yeah and always always having to say in terms of an interview i've got to be like got to be after 4 30 p.m can't do it any sooner it used to be after yeah. four but then senior school we finish a bit later and 
I don't trust the trams to get me home in half an hour, even though I'm really a 15, 20-minute walk away. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I, you know, it can't be hard. I still don't get it, but it uh, it has worked out so far. I mean, and again, this is the first year where I've got VCE, so uh, we shall see. But, uh, oh, well, it's, it's fine for now. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah look, I never... I could never think of repeating my high school years because the amount of things that I was doing, and I was like you, I was, you know, I, I actually am not quite sure how I did high school because I was doing so much. At one point, I was I was very musical and I was playing a lot of music, and I think I was in seven different ensembles, both community and you know within. Uh, and it is, it's kind of crazy. You you look at it back at it. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, there's been periods of time when you look back and you go, how the hell was I up till, you know, 3.30, 4 a.m. And then, you know, rocked up to school the next day and, you know, finished my Friday while the Queen's dead and everyone's, Gee, only, you know, in mourning. Only, um, uh, uh, what was I going to say, only 3.30. I mean, I'm, I'm usually pulling all-nighters at this point. Queen, mm. Queen dying actually came at a uh, uh, convenient time for me because we had a day <laughs> off school uh, on the Friday which she technically died early Friday morning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't actually planning on going to school that mm. day, and I'd already said to my parents three years in advance, okay, this is one of the reasons why I'm allowed to miss school today. If the Queen dies, if the Prime Minister resigns, or something yeah. like that. And uh, it just so happens that uh, the day I don't have school, the Friday, the Queen dies. Um, but, uh, yeah, wasn't that a uh, an interesting period? And, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. like like all newsrooms, we had an obituary ready. We uh, we had been planning on this, on it for a while. Uh, <laughs> happening at 3.30 was not uh, ideal, but, again, we were able to uh, cover it, and uh, it was a incredible thing to listen to because we were covering it on social media, but then I also had ABC Radio in the background and the mm. interruptions, and then uh, this is the BBC, etc., etc., etc. And uh, yeah, yeah, wow, it, it, the BBC's coverage is uh, was incredible, and we all know they have um, they have been planning it since she became Queen. Let's be honest. Yeah, so, yeah. it's it's very fascinating. Like the Queen's death. I, look, I'm not a I'm not a monarchist in any stretch of the imagination but I don't think the the monarchy should necessarily be completely abolished I think there's a happy middle ground somewhere but I will say it was very fascinating of yeah. all things the night the queen died I was at Pancake Manor in Brisbane CBD I don't know what had just happened I think we just like had a gig and we'd all went to it's a 24-hour pancake uh, pancake place that sells all sorts of things. We'd harass these poor wait staff by having 30 of us rock up. Uh, and oh, we, we'd all gone to dinner. And I'd spent the whole of dinner on my phone, on basically on Twitter, seeing what was happening. Um, and, and keeping an eye on things and all the latest updates. And um, I think by about 11 o'clock, I kind of knew that she was probably going to die overnight. Um, and... I very much considered, because I was running a short-form newsroom at the time, going into the newsroom and, um, like, keeping on top of things overnight. I was like, hmm, maybe this is not the greatest thing for my mental health. I did rock up, like, half an hour early, because uh, I uh, when I got there in the morning. But we, we, as a newsroom, didn't have any of that stuff prepared either. Like, we... The radio station I worked at at the time was deeply anti-monarch, um, and 
no, no, nothing bad about that. It was just that was the position of the station. So we ran one story and that was it. It was like two minute story about the Queen had died. And there were other stories around the fact that Queensland Parliament had been delayed and um, uh, everyone was trying to, I think, return. I, I think everything to, was affected by yeah. the death. I mean, you know, the, the yeah. Parliament and here in Victoria, I think it might have been unique to us that every single member had to be re-sworn in. Um, <gasps> That's right. That's yeah. what was happening. I, we looked at that and we're like, well, this Yeah, is which was not exactly around. convenient. Might I add, a lot of those members who were re-sworn in um, a few weeks later lost their seats anyway or weren't didn't run again. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a uh, a weird time for everyone. And, um, you know, then again, like like all other news outlets, we've got other obituaries standing by. I think um, right now, and I don't know when our listeners or when your listeners are listening to this, but right now, of course, uh, Jimmy Carter is now receiving hospice care, the former US president. So there's that. And, uh, and yeah, so um, it's, it's going to be really... Uh, interesting to see how that all plays out but um it's it's important because you have to kind of be prepared for these kind of uh stories yeah i and so like i suppose we should probably move on from such lovely topics as as um these kind of crazy news events Mm. Uh, i am you know your parents have quite clearly been very supportive of the work you've done how what was like kind of the initial reaction of you know your some of your peers at school and you know your your teachers and other other adults in your life nothing nothing really more than oh oh cool um you know it's not i i'm if you didn't recognize me i wouldn't exactly stand out at school anyway so um Mm. you know from from six news that is recognized from six news but um yeah it's nothing special i mean teachers mean supportive i mean if, if there's a note that says i cannot be at school due to insert press conference here they'll believe it it's not like a dog ate your homework situation they they can believe yeah. this maybe too believable maybe i'll exploit it eventually <laughs> no, any teachers listening to this i'm not going to do that yet yeah. uh but yeah it, it you know it's, it's really just been all, all supportive but at the same time and it should be made clear to people who for whatever reason after all these years still don't believe it but my parents don't have involvement in the editorial line of Six News, the production of Six News. The most they do is my dad turns on the camera to film sometimes, you know, mm. and or drives me somewhere. Like, come on. It, it, yeah. With with the greatest respect to my parents, they don't know how to use a word doc. So, you know, I, they're not yeah. managing this news outlet and uh, they never will. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they've, they've also had to be supportive. Uh, you know, minor on the internet, so minor with a large profile on the internet, the Wikipedia mm. page, mind you, so it's not like they're not aware of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, more, more so my dad, maybe my mum does. Well, my mum has his Facebook. My dad, at the very least, has, has Twitter, so he sees some of the weird meltdowns people have at me, but, uh, but yeah. Look, I think being a public figure in general, someone's like inevitably like it's almost like a once a week occurrence having someone melt down at you. Look, I personally, I've never had to deal with it other than through a business or organization I've represented online. So whether that's, you know, for Triple Z News as a as a as a journalist and editor or, you know, other I've worked for publishing companies, I've worked for other, you know, organizations in social media. Um, it's always very fascinating, though. Someone always takes issue, no matter what line of work you work in. Someone's always taking issue with your work. Oh, uh, yeah, and we've almost... been called political shills for about every party in existence. I mean, 
um, anti-labor, anti-liberal, anti-greens, mm. pro-greens, pro-labor, pro-liberal, anti-UAP, pro-UAP, etc., etc., etc. And it's all because we don't take a stance on something, we actu- yeah. accurately report on something, we fact-check someone, or we speak to someone who you know you don't want to hear from. And look, I you know I appreciate that. You know, there are some voices who are arguably more important than others uh, in terms of just politics, for one example. But, you know, we are, we don't have the resources of the ABC or News Corp. We will take mm. the interviews that we can get. We do reach yeah. out. It's very well known, and I've made it clear, uh, during elections at least, Labor's media is very hard to get anyone on. You can't just go and ask uh, oh, for an interview. We, we could I not can... ask Albanese's... We, well, no, we did ask Albanese's media team for an interview. They said, sure, but we got to check with someone first. Not even the then leader of the opposition was able to give approval yeah. in the first place. We got him, of course. We are, it's a lot easier to deal with just as his government team. But the New South Wales election, too, going through checks and balances. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's really hard to deal with. Um, it, we, we do our best, and, uh, yeah, we, we try to speak to as many people as possible. But, again, it's yeah. whoever gets us on. And people say we interview uh, – well, some people say we interview lots of Greens. But – and just – and I'm just saying this on the media level. No one yeah. misquote me on this. They are very easy to get on. They have their media oh, yeah. contacts very publicly available. They, the, uh, you know, message you on social media. It's really easy. So we will get them on because yeah. we, we know that. We're able to say, okay, well, this person, you know, they're reliable. We, we know that oh, we can pretty easily uh, speak to them over something, whereas it might take two business days to get even a generic response from the coalition. And most of the time, we're interviewing the coalition like the, the MP's personal address with the subject of attention media slash diary team or something like that. Yeah. We try. We do try. But, um, yeah, it's, we, we do try to just get what we can get. That's why, actually, my pinned tweet is, any media people, please let us on your media list. We're begging yeah. you. We, this is an open it's invitation. It's ridiculous. We, I've, I've actively had this problem. So... For, for a little bit more context, I ran the short-form news department of 4ZZZ. 4ZZZ is very, very clearly left-aligning. Now, our newsroom aims to be impartial, but in the way of we pick the stories that we feel aligns most with our listeners. So that mm. is going to be more Greens-aligning things, so just by nature of, of the stories we choose. But through the election, we were very aware of the fact that we have many, like many members of the Greens... A, were either actively subscribing to 4ZZZ or B, worked for 4ZZZ in some way, shape or form. So uh, we were very aware of that and we were very, very conscious in the fact that we were going to reach out to within reasonability. Like we, there was a, there was a discussion. We actually refused to speak to One Nation and the UAP um, and some of those anti-vax specifically um, parties as well or groups of people IMOC because of- for medical yeah. options, those guys. Yeah, we refused to speak to them on a basis of uh, it was actually a personal decision by the head of news because of mm. some incidents that had happened between media personnel from us and uh, some anti-vax protesters outside Queensland State Parliament, which was a whole thing that had happened and we were really like, it's not something I like to go into detail with because it was actually incredibly personal, someone I knew very well. Mm. Um, and it was kind of terrifying to sit here and be, I was the one, I was basically the producer ringing 
the ALP, the LNP, uh, we knew Albanese was going to come into town into Brisbane, and as the oldest running community, longest running and oldest community radio station in the country, you know, we're like, we we've we'd love to speak to Albanese, like, um, and I just sat there on the phone ringing. I think I had to ring like four or five different phone numbers before I got a hold of someone because no one was either a picking up their phone or b the phone line wasn't connected or it was the wrong person and we we, we actually yeah, we had bloody uh producers at media outlets that were just interviewing us because you know we had just come off our scomo yeah. interview people were saying would you like us to help you okay and but at the same time they were struggling as well I understand that they've got their own campaign rules, and I think these might have been introduced at that 2022 election, and they're evidently yeah. happening at a state level too in Victoria, New South Wales. But it's it's really hard, it, and we, we're trying. That's why a lot of our ALP interviews actually are done like months before the official quote unquote yeah. election period begins. Um, and um, as I said, you know, respect their rules. And w- as I said, we, we've managed to get these interviews, yeah. uh, but but it can be really hard. And especially for us when we were a lot newer, like, you know, you got to, we have to, first and foremost, we actually have to be taken seriously as a news outlet. Yeah. We actually, every, like the, the sub, um, you know, in the bottom of our, um, our uh, 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 signature on all the uh, emails I actually have a little discussion. Six News, blah, 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 interviewed, and we just name like Scomo Albo and I think Kevin Ruddle, Bob Catter. Uh, but yeah. it, we just have to, you know, actually prove it there. And it's unfortunate because we want to be more than that. We, we, want it, we, we do want to be taken mm. seriously, and a lot of people do, including Morrison and Albanese. But just getting a media advisor to actually notice us uh, because you know what? Fair enough that an office staff sees an, a media request and it's the one that goes to the non-media email and they just discard it because maybe it's some crazy conspiracy website or or just a scam or something like that. Uh, but it's, uh, more and more so we're getting recognised refu- by name and I think that's really good. Yeah. I think it's, it's really weird that, like, people refuse to fact-check or, like, verify... Um, even the newspaper I work with, the newspaper I work with now has existed for over a hundred years. It's called the Mansfield Courier. It's independently owned and operated. Um, you know, it's not attached to News Corp or Fairfax in any way, shape or form. Um, and even then some people like, it's weird, but like there is a, a feeling that you aren't taken seriously, especially by like Victorian state government, you know, agencies and bits and pieces, you know, it's, it's not a, not an easy thing to to feel but like even in brisbane our newsroom isn't considered very highly a it hasn't existed for a huge amount of time it's existed for about 45 years but you know on top of that all you know it's like oh aren't you the crazy lefties who you know who love the greens it's like yeah you know we might have a you have a lot of people from the greens or you know the greens people who are as you said incredibly easy to work with (laughs) <laughs> of all things, I think at one point a Greens member texted me, not a member, one of their media stuff texted me at nine o'clock or rang me at nine o'clock at night, and I'm like making dinner, getting ready to go to bed, and I'm like, oh, this is nice. I actually got a phone call from someone that today. Um, uh, and well, the, the know, first leader of any party that Six News ever spoke to was Adam Bant, and this was early, yeah. um, actually about a year ago, and uh, we're actually speaking to him very soon as well, uh, again. But it's just, it's really easy to do, and so we'll do that. But um, in terms of being taken seriously, I mean, we don't even have, like, uh, press conference visibility. 
total of maybe, yeah. I want to say, three press conferences Six News has ever appeared at. And uh, every time we're sticking our mic up as far as possible to try to get in every shot as a <laughs> yeah. hope that people will notice us and link. And, um, but, yeah, that's why it's, you know, it's, 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 it can be hard. But, again, the fact that we're able to get Morrison and Albanese is really helpful because yeah. that immediately puts you in the notice of you've interviewed someone important within our party with the Liberal and Labor camps. Uh, in terms yeah. of other side, well, um, minor parties seem to be more easy to get on, though uh, maybe some of the more conspiratorial ones, as there many are, um, you know, they'll distrust you, which is where you kind of have to say, we're independent. We, we're not mainstream. We kind of have to yeah. be very specific here. And by the way, might, might I add, that is very true. We are independent. We are not mainstream. But, um, yeah. you know, you, you can't just say you're from any news outlet. And, and look, we, we treat all our interviews, interviewees uh, same most of the time. You know, with respect, we uh, interviewed a candidate from every single party bar two at the Victorian state election. One, mm -hmm. because they never responded to us. The other one, because they pulled out last minute after never responding to us until, get this, uh, the night before election eve. Uh, so, you know, oh. it was, but yeah, it, it's unfortunate yeah. sometimes, but, you know, as we as we grow, we're able to be taken more seriously and um, it's, a, it's a really good thing because it means more opportunities for yeah. us and more opportunities for our viewers to be informed with these interviews and that's what a lot of people do want to see from us they do like the interviews yeah no oh, this is the thing as well i think having and this is where i get very frustrated at politicians media teams the more interviews you give the more of a personality you you also give by by extension you know um having conducted various interviews and repeat interviews as well the more, the longer the conversation, the more varied the conversation, the more of a personality that politician can show, and that's what people are looking for in an election. As someone who's voted in a few elections so far, as much as policy is really important to me, it's also personality and like, can I do? Can I see you? taking on the role as the Member of Parliament for my area or an well, area. Yeah, like Morrison for us, I mean, in fairness, it was a, it was a Parliament sitting day, so it was kind of in a in a rush. Um, but, you know, we had a short chat off air, um, me and my colleague, and then with Albo, um, it was a bit longer because he was actually in COVID ISO at the time, almost like, that's actually uh, when we got him, but he couldn't escape. He couldn't avoid the interview now. He's got nowhere to go. Uh, and we're able to, he was actually, by the way, t funny story, he was 10 minutes late because apparently he didn't have the link or something. He joined from an iPad. <laughs> oh, and, uh, no. Um, but we got him. Uh, and uh, we're actually about to have a longer chat off there and he's a Hawthorne supporter. I'm a Hawthorne supporter. So we've already yeah. got that connection. And uh, and yeah, I mean, that, that's that's nice to have. And um, but, you know, I appreciate the personality. That being said, you can have the you can be the nicest person off air and we will still grill you on air as we oh, did yeah, with Albanese, yeah. as we did with Scott Morrison. But uh, nevertheless, and might I, that's the other thing about Scott Morrison because... I don't know if Albo was just more prepared or maybe it's just Albo being Albo, uh, but obviously Morrison was a bit defensive with some of the questions, very evident. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, it should be emphasised, and I've emphasised this ever since the interview happened. He was very respectful just before and just after the interview, and I, you know, he never attacked us because of our age, which he could have yeah. very easily done. I think it he was just more yeah. of a scomo being scomo thing with some of the questions, and I honestly think... Given the exact same worded questions by any other journalist, he would have responded the same way. 
you know? So I I'll, I'll make that case. Yeah, That's yeah. me defending ScoMo uh, in terms of ScoMo's interview with us, <laughs> where everyone said, boo ScoMo, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, just, just yeah. hold on here for a second. Uh, still very happy with that interview, and, and credit to our, our political editor, Roman McKinnon, because he had only just joined mm-hmm. us, and somehow he managed, he managed to arrange that, which is, um, which is incredible. I, I'm still shocked it happened. Uh, I am I am still completely shocked it happened. And might I add also very yeah. just quickly because I'm ranting, but considering the fact that this was like the pre Scomo interview era of Six News, yeah. so where were they getting the basis off? Albo's team wasn't like, oh yeah, we've already interviewed Morrison. We'd like to interview Albo. Morrison, we had just interviewed Bant earlier that year. Like, yeah, I'm so glad they've got no basis to get shocked. on. And look. To be honest, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised surprised if someone in Scromo's team's like, well, maybe because they're unproven, it's like, you know, maybe this is a chance to kind of recover. I don't know. It's very interesting having a being on both sides. I've done PR and I've done journalism and a bit, sitting on both sides of the coin, PR professionals, sometimes their line of logic is completely removed to the line of logic that, um, journalists have and sometimes it works really badly like it you know it, you, you, PR professionals going nah we won't speak to you because you don't got a proven you don't have a proven um, perspective but on the other side I've I've seen PR professionals turn around and go oh yeah we're definitely going to do that because you're unproven and we can kind of not push our views onto you but you've got a we've got a chance to start with a fresh slate you know we don't have a history with this media organization or you know this is this media organization has a completely different viewpoint and look in adding kudos to Morrison um, I think it was a really good opportunity to engage with a younger audience which is something that the Liberal government uh, and the, the coalition in general really struggled with it was engaging young people um, and it was a great opportunity to do that with a with a younger team behind the wheel and a younger a younger viewer demographic just being on social mm. media as well. Yeah, yeah. Again, we'll always be shocked at, shocked it happened, but uh, I'll never complain that it did. <laughs> Look, never, never, ever. Um, and, you know, <laughs> news... Producing news probably can't be the only thing that you, you get up to. Do you, do you have a, a chance... I know that on Twitter I've been see- seeing the the lovely trials and tribulations of the inter school cricket team, but um, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> um, is, is there other things that you got you get involved with outside of you know obviously producing and working on Six News and, and school? Oh yeah, well I mean I casually play um, the cello. I mean my dad works in instruments, so you know, no shocker. Mm. Um, watch the footy, go to the footy. Uh, do inter-school footy when that's on. I'm sure I'll be tweeting about that ridiculously when that happens. Uh, hopefully we'll get more than two games then. Uh, don't don't get me started. I'm about to go into a 20-minute rant. Um, but yeah, I mean, it can be all-consuming, but also in general, just talking and going out with mates after school and, and things like that. Um, you know, mainly like right after school. No one's organising things at 7pm, but usually that's because, yay... VCE study. I think I've got a maths test on tomorrow, so uh, that's fun. But uh, <laughs> the, I think it's very well known. Journalists are not good at maths. That's uh, been stated for years, and uh, very true with this new generation of journalists. And uh, I will make sure to keep that saying alive. And I am right yeah. now. Uh, but yeah, Look, it's we got we got back the Naplan result media release. I think today or sometime this week. 
And the poor journalist that was assigned to it, I've got a maths and science background. One of our other journalists, I think, is pretty handy with maths. Um, the poor journalist that was assigned it was not, does not have a maths and science background. <laughs> and so we, instead of reporting directly on the statistics, uh, because it's such a small town and we also the, the news, we rely on advertising dollars uh, f- directly from the the schools in the area, we all turned around and were like, okay, well, the better way to do this is to pull quotes and go, hey, do you want to provide comment on your NAPLAN results? Uh, we're writing a story, but instead of producing score, listing scores, we'll, we'll chat about that, especially because Steiner schools uh, and, you know, they're not every, none of the schools are the exact same. You've got your high state yeah. high school, your state primary school, and then, you know, your Catholic primary school and your Steiner school. So, you know, none of them are comparable really, but, you know, if you chat about how the, each principal thinks it's going, you know, that's a better alternative. But it was so fascinating to sit down and have to decipher some of the comments. You know, obviously principals are trying to sell their school, and this poor journalist is sitting here going, "These percentages don't line up." Like, and what question should I ask in follow up to clarify this quote because it's not working uh, in the wider story? And I'm like, "Hey, we're all just like sitting here going, what, what on God's green earth did this pr- poor principal?" I, I was very lucky that, um, and of course, I'm done with NAPLAN forever now. Um, but oh, uh, for year nine. I, because I'm fine with English, did the English yeah. one. There were three others. Uh, the day after, the day of, or the day after, because there was a break in between them. So it was like two weeks. It was, you know, it was like Tuesday, Thursday, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah. the day, yeah, so it was Tuesday, then break, then Thursday, and then the next week, Tuesday, then break, and Thursday, you get the idea. Tuesday, did the English one, pretty confident, and the results showed it was great, by the way. Uh, talking myself up. Uh, but uh, Wednesday, <laughs> Because yeah, I oh, also do inter-school debating, um, shocker, yeah. and uh, and so I, 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 my whole family had COVID at this time, I'd add, um, legally, still able to be out. You know, I had repeatedly tested negative. Wednesday, I'm doing an inter-school debate after school at night, uh, go home straight away, test positive. So I'd, I'd been doing the debate with COVID, I was already feeling sick, uh, and that meant I missed all the other nap plans. And then uh, the How day good. of the makeup. Um, was the day I had inter-school footy. So as soon as I came out of ISO, it was straight to inter-school footy. So I somehow missed all but the one NAPLAN that I was good at and knew I was good (laughs) at. And uh, yeah, so that's that's lucky on me. Um, uh, My brother's entered high school this year, so he's about to find out what high school NAPLAN's like and year seven NAPLAN. And fun fact, also... I never did Year 7 NAPLAN because that was cancelled in 2020. So um, ah, I've, I've been really good. lucky. So in actuality, I've done 2 plus 0.25 years, 2.2 and a quarter years of NAPLAN instead of the four. So lucky me there. But uh, yeah, oh. I, I hate NAPLAN and I will. Uh, I, I hate tests in general. Yeah. Awful. Look, instead it's of not BCE, group work and multi-choice yeah. questions, I can't succeed. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, uh, I, in Queensland, we have one more standardised test we do because uh, instead of VCE, we had the OP system where you just take basically a NAPLAN-style test but meant for, I think it's like, theoretically, it gets to like year 10 level. Um, I don't know. It was way Sounds more complicated terrible. than that. Um, but anyway, we did the standardised test, but I had accidentally given, this was pre-COVID, accidentally given... Uh, half of our academic enrichment kids and pneumonia. Um, I had oh a bad God. cold and everyone had, 
I had bad I had a bad cold, but it wasn't pneumonia myself, and I'd been hacking out lungs and bits and pieces. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad though, and I'd still been attending school because I was desperate to make sure I wasn't going to fail. Um, and then, yeah, I remember there was a flurry of everyone getting medical exemptions and things, and someone had come down with pneumonia. Someone else had come out, bowed out sick. Uh, and then I got a, then I got quoted in um, <laughs> the, the valedictory speech at the end of the year because um, the gal who got ducks was in a lot of my classes and she uh, was also the valedictorian and I had a lot of people accusing me of getting the whole year level sick and I was like, it was just a cold. All I had was a cold um, and the words just a cold made it into... <laughs> The valedictory speech, oh which I think was... I, I, those medical exemptions, we've just started, you know, we've only just had to start them for year 10 here, and um, mm. it's, I'm also paranoid, because it's like, you know, oh, oh I'm going to miss it, and, and then our school's got our own weird rules, like, um, because uh, I'm, I'm in, you know, inner Melbourne, uh, it's like, uh, you're late to school because of, like, a tram or something, the detention... Or you keep those minutes in. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do if there's a tram crash? You traffic. It's out of my control. I can't just get out of the tram. Uh, so uh, yeah. Oh, and if our attendance drops below ninety percent, then we get a call or something. But they're not very clear whether that includes late or not. I don't know. It's all just um, stricter stuff. But then again, it's just year ten for me. Can't wait for year eleven and twelve. <laughs> oh look. I... I always got very skiddy about it all, but I think year 11 and 12, like year 11 is pretty intense, but year 12, at least in Queensland, was kind of a bit of a fuck around, to be honest. We kind of did whatever we want, and uh, as long as we were still passing everything, the teachers didn't really care. Um, I was hoping I have that in my year 12. Yeah. If I'm going to make it that far. Um, Um, But uh, (laughs) yeah, because I, again, look, all all I've been hearing is, past year 10 and eventually you can start to drop maths and science and that's all my I've been building up to because I know I, we get all the concerns something like oh it's oh, university something something blah 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 maths and science I, I truly do not care I cannot do maths I have been very open about this I will never be able to do maths just let me drop the damn subjects um, yeah but uh, yeah, unless it's a multi-choice that. question, then I'm good enough in maths to say it's a quarter of a chance I'm going to get it right. Uh, so yeah. Um, I was uh, yeah. My actually my weakest subject was English of all things. Um, I don't know how I uh, now write for a living, but I do, uh, and I never could get above a B or a B plus in English, uh, and I have definitely gotten very close to failing multiple times. Um. But it was, yeah. I, if I had, if I could have dropped English, I probably would have uh, in a mm. heartbeat. Uh, luckily, you can't do that uh, in Queensland. You're not allowed to drop English or maths. Uh, you've got to do some some version of it at some point. Um, but Sucks yeah, no. Uh, Queensland then. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, at least you know. Although I did try, someone was trying to convince me that they should be forced to do science as well. Although I do think science literacy is probably way more important. Who is arguing uh, that students should be forced to do more subjects? What monster would argue that? <laughs> You're in school at the moment. Coming out of school and having to deal with adults who have never... Uh, well, actually, you've probably you've also dealt with adults who've never really studied science. 
Not understanding the scientific process has been something that has really ground my gears for a very long time. Um, oh, well, but, look, uh, if, if Google's advanced enough by the end of it, look, I can just pass using ChatGPT with a VPN. <laughs> no, I would, I would, for legal reasons, I would never do that. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll be fine with not using SINCOS10 or remembering what BODMAS stands for every minute. Look, or in science, not remembering is, exactly yeah. how an ion works. You know, I'll, I'll live, okay? If I can recall the name of some obscure minor party that ran in one seat in the 1983 election, I can, I can be fine. Um, but in the meantime, with schooling, I'll just continue to um, respond to people on Twitter who make, as we all see, Re- insane, ridiculous claims about what we are being taught in our curriculum and, and all that. And we saw over politicians. I'm like, I am right here. I'm in a public school in Victoria, which is this big woke state, apparently. Just ask me. Ask me yeah. what we are learning. I will tell you, you are wrong, okay? You know, it, it's... it's uh, ah, well. Uh, but that's enough about school. Yeah. I got a master's. Well, I don't want to talk about school. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's very fascinating, uh, and I think uh, it's gonna have. We're gonna have to have a. Dis- I think a proper discussion about our education system. Uh, and having young people who have lived the education system and interacted with adults like you have for a very long time, I think it really opens people's eyes as to how tame and some of where the significant gaps are. Um, we talk about literacy. I don't think we should be talking just about English literacy, but maybe just about science, also about science and math literacy, but also history literacy and communication literacy. You know, there's a reason why someone's spoken something mm. in a particular way. Um, and I'm very passionate about trying to explain that to people because it is it's, so um, important it's, for people I, I to think, understand what's you know, going on. I, I have, you know you know, never been the worst school student. I mean, both my um, grandparents on my uh, 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 mum's side, so her parents were, were teachers, so naturally, I can't be failing that badly. But um, it's it's always going to be interesting, isn't it? And, uh, and yeah, I, um, again, I'll just say it again, I do invite anyone to just ask me as a state school student what we're doing and by the way even when i say i'm at a public school it's like okay Peter, you are you at one of the independent schools which is technically not a private school public school okay i think are you, would you agree with me that generally when someone says public school you assume government state school mm. i i don't know how yeah i don't know why you'd assume technically independent school because all the independent schools that are also like maybe they're the religious ones most people consider them private you know it's it's pretty clear and i know there's technical definition but come on state school government school public school whatever you want to call it that's what i'm at i'm, I'm just glad we don't have three schools like the u.s elementary middle high um, middle school middle school why is kindergarten for them like our prep i think that's it isn't it oh uh, no we are just as bad, by the way. We are not any any better with our school system between states. Um, because, as I very quickly realised, obviously you guys have got your extra year before prep. Um, but New South Wales, the way they name their system is kindergarten is actually their prep. And then they've got pre-K... But I, I it's so confusing. Yeah, I, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I don't know. And oh, the biggest thing for me when I was actually in primary school was when they started calling it some random day prep started being called foundation. 
uh, and I always hated that yeah. term foundation. And I always insisted, maybe it was the, the rebel inside of me, but I always said prep, I never said foundation. It's foundation. No, foundation. Yeah. Call it foundation. It's prep. Prep. Just say prep. Everyone everyone broadly understands what that is. Uh, yeah. Kinder. Just say kinder, for goodness sake. Make yeah, it simpler. Yeah. Again, though, um, enough about school. I'm, 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 no, yeah, enough yeah. about school. Look, looking to the future, obviously, um, you've got a lot on your plate, but where do you want... Where do you hope Six News will be in the, as as you head in the future, you know, uh, and, you know, kind of expand what Six News is about? Well, there's it's it generally, and people call me crazy, but 24-7 Six News is not that ridiculous or far-fetched. And I say that because of a couple of things. Number one, automation. You can automate a 24-7 live stream very easily. Number two, filler programming. You don't have to be like the ABC with a full uh, hour block on a weekday. You really just need five minute headlines maybe on the hour or half an hour. Put in some mm. extra programming in the meantime. Cut to a live press conference when you need, etc, etc. I don't know then, but uh, that, as I said, not non-plausible. Maybe we revisit this in a few years. Uh, in the, in the yeah. short term, though, um, really just continuing to expand a lot of content on YouTube, especially that kind of, as I mentioned very earlier in the podcast, niche political stuff, uh, political history, and then also uh, mini docos as well. Really loving them. Um, people do uh, seem to engage well with them. Uh, got an upcoming one on the two-year anniversary of the uh, WA Labor landslide win when the Liberals were down to just two lower house seats in in WA's parliament, and uh, we've got a special on that. Uh, but... Um, you know, in the meantime, we will just uh, we will have to wait and see. I, I can say the furthest I'll go in terms of where Six News will be, will be covering the 2025 federal election. That's as far as I'm going at this stage. You get 2025. <laughs> 2024 is going to be the crazy year for elections, though. We have, like, Queensland, uh, the Northern There's Territory, two, two sets the of ACT, elections in Queensland. Yeah, and the U.S., Let's not forget the US. Oh, uh, Victoria, yeah. I believe, has local government as well. Um, of course, yeah. Queensland local government's arguably a bit bigger because you don't have an upper house and uh, like the Brisbane City Mayoral Rice. That that's always fun to cover, uh, isn't it? Um, I so I did council elections in twenty twenty. Um, so I did both council and state elections back in twenty twenty. Uh, it is so much fun, Queensland, because Queensland has the three largest. Uh, council areas in basically the Southern Hemisphere. I'm yet to find a bigger council in South America or Africa somewhere. Uh, because we have the three biggest local government areas, we there is some massive shenanigans that goes on. Um, I just still can't believe there's a socialist alliance councillor up in like Cairns or something like that. Oh, it's, it's so random. At the same time, though, it's it's as I said, it's always fun to cover. And I think purely because you guys don't have the upper house. Uh, what's happening yeah. with council politics is really interesting. And might I add, because we do, we're do, we doing a whole thing where we're checking political affiliations of members on every single council mm. in every single council in Australia. Long, awful process, by the way. The fact Queensland has a register that makes it very clear, much appreciated by myself. Uh, but it's always interesting. Let's not forget uh, where uh, Campbell Newman came from um, in terms yeah. of his. And, of course, he somehow weirdly led the party from outside Parliament, which... I will never get. And then he lost his seat three years later, which, again, is still the arguably weirdest thing to happen in Queensland in the last just over a decade ago um, in terms of politics. Because yeah, it seems to be a very Labor state. Very Labor well, state. Queensland after after, go, very... after Joe, Joe, uh, yeah. Sir Joe, by the way, yeah. before that, well, less so much. 
Look, yeah, Joe Bjorki Peterson is uh, he's he's a very much well remembered in Queensland. I don't know. We have a very special cooked kind of politics up in Queensland. I can't believe our upper house decided to nuke itself at one point. Yeah, um, it was a it was a century ago, like last year or something like that. Yeah. I think they nicknamed it the Suicide Squad. Um, the members uh-huh. who voted to get rid of themselves. No, seriously, um, I I don't get that either. But let's let's not forget the most interesting. I'll put it nicely. Interesting political figures are all coming from. Queensland. I'll name two: Palmer, Hanson, and their parties. Uh, yeah. And um, nevertheless, and you've got the weird merge liberals and nationals there, which you will oh, wonder yeah. how long that will last if they don't win sometime soon. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Look, it's never as quite. I always look at Victoria and I go, Victoria, it's very, very liberal. And I know you've had uh, your fair share of. Uh, sorry, very, very Labor. I know you've had your fair share of liberal governments. Um, but you know, I think that, I don't know, there's always a possibility. I look at the U S and I, I look at the swing that they've had to the right and I go, but then it, ag- there's always a possibility that that could happen. Yeah. But then uh, again, look at the midterms. There was a sudden not yeah. Republican wave. Might I add, I think, uh, Victoria, South Australia is probably the, the most labor states along with Queensland with a few random exceptions like. Queensland with Newman or SA with Mal- uh, not Malinowskis, who was it? Marshall. Um, Tasmania Marshall, yeah. is, yeah, Tasmania is a bit of a swingy one, as is WA, though WA will not switch from Labour at the next election. They will not, I guarantee you. The Liberals need like oh, yeah, they 26 no, the seats to win. Got... And might add, the Nationals have more seats. Uh, New South Wales, again, a bit swingy, of course. I mean, it's been Liberals but for a while, since 2011, but that can partly be blamed simply because Labor's just not good there. ACT yeah. is has a Greens coalition government, Greens and Labor, for goodness <laughs> sake. NT is pretty Labor-y, though. Again, they can swing as well to the CLP and probably will next election, 2024. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't looked at uh, the territory state politics. I'm, I keep an eye on... At least Alice Springs' local politics, because they, they, the, I think local that politics is great yeah. because you have the most obscure minor parties who somehow hold a seat. In Victoria, yeah. we only just had, thanks to countbacks, the Restore Democracy Sack Down Andrews Party founder is now a councillor and a member of the Australian Values Party, which ran as the Angry Victorians Party, also a councillor. Uh, you have uh, Victorian Socialist, but also Socialist Alliance. You have these weird <laughs> groupings. Um, you have oh, yeah, the Wales group, is that group ticket that includes like the sex party and things. And the group you know, voting yeah. ticket in the upper house is uh, very oh, interesting, and it's provided yeah. some of the arguably best and funniest results in politics. Might add that it was federally too. WA, what was it? Daylight Saving MP elected with ninety-eight votes. Uh, motoring <laughs> enthusiast party elected in twenty thirteen federally. Almost had the sports party elected before that weird recount. But yeah, it's all a mess, isn't yeah. it? It's I won't a, rant about I, I it. I love though. Australian. I love Australian politics. I think the Westminster system just makes it way more entertaining. You know, even just look over at the UK and Lord Buckethead and you know other other bits and pieces. It's just one of my favourite parts about living in Australia is that we have such a such a democratic system that allows for both yeah, all sides of crazy co- to come and yeah. put their hand and, and up. And you could argue you could argue that we could move towards things like New Zealand with their proportional representation. Uh, we don't have first past the post like in the UK, which is obviously 
a system that has vote splitting. US, we don't need to get to that mess with the Electoral oh, College, no, which I will you. never yeah. understand. Um, but the fact that we have this many parties in our different state and territory and federal parliaments is just incredible. And um, it's it's a good thing of our system. I mean, legalised cannabis holds a total of four seats across Australia. Uh, and yeah. you're able to have that diversity. Again, you can argue there should be room for more improvements, but... No as, we have preference about it. I mean, Marty, I'll, I'll just say it before I'm sure we move on or wrap up, but um, let's not forget this is a system that when Sir Joe Biocchi Peterson retired, a member of the Citizens Electoral Council, which is considered a pretty conspiratorial site, also just random, um, it, it's been given various descriptions, somehow beat him, then joined the Nationals, and then was later allegedly involved uh, with the death of a sex worker. Uh, and lasted like one term, and then was replaced by One Nation. And uh, I never forget when One Nation won eleven seats in Queensland. I had a bigger vote than Liberals and Nationals. But I've gone with that. Yeah, no, One I... Nation. The fact that um, that Pauline Hanson's stomping ground is out in Ipswich, I think, really, if anyone who knows of Ipswich and knows the Ipswich area, really explains why Pauline Hanson is out in Ipswich. Don't um, forget, she almost lost to legalised cannabis, though. That too. We were watching. We were watching, crossing our fingers and holding our breaths because if there was enough Greens votes to transfer to legalise cannabis, Ob- in any objectively, way, form, yeah, objectively, put aside you whether you like Hanson or not. Yeah. Losing to the Weed Party would be objectively funny. Um, oh, but I would I, have though, loved to if have there seen... was a double dissolution, like in 2016, yeah. where the quotas lowered, you get more minor parties in, legalised cannabis would have won in Queensland, and they also would have yeah. won in Victoria. That being said, One Nation probably would have gotten four seats uh, as well. Mm. Uh, regardless, yeah. though, uh, incredible system, incredible Senate, incredible results, and uh, how about that expanded crossbench, eh? And uh, who knows? We could see another party crop uh, pop up on the crossbench when independent Lydia Thorpe form as one, which I think she will. Yeah. Oh, you think she will? I, I, I'm very fascinated. Well, she's not up for election until 2028, but she said she's going to leave the, lead the black sovereignty movement. As soon as you talk about leading a movement and it's in all caps and like that, it sounds like you could, um, replace the word movement with party very easily. You could. I don't know. Lydia Thorpe also gives me Jackie Lambie vibes as well. Um, not well, Jackie that they... Lambie did form her party and somehow they well, have a did, second yeah. senator, which is yeah. incredible because those are the type of parties that are usually just formed to get your name above the line, i.e. David yeah. Pocock or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, very fascinating. Um, yeah, look, and I think this is a great chance, you know, um, admittedly, News Corp did announce that they were cutting like a fifth of jobs that they have. But um, all I see at the moment is that the the journalism industry is expanding because there is more appetite for more viewpoints and more diversity and more interesting opinions and interesting analyses and more interviews with more candidates. You know, we have had so many candidates on the ballot for the federal election that, that we, it was going to be impossible. You would have to have aired for 24 hours, uh, seven days a week over the six weeks just to cover every single, uh, you know, candidate. Well, we almost did with our parties and yeah. at least one from every party. And um, how about that? Hey, that, that ballot paper size was ridiculous because, uh, by the way, you, you're fully allowed, by the way. There's no law against it. You can walk in with your parents and you can film your own ballot paper in the box privately. Yeah. Uh, an empty one, might I add. I definitely did not film it after my dad or mum fil- fil- filled it out. Um, yeah. But yeah, the size of that was a joke. 
It was ridiculous. It I've, was funny. I voted. But yeah. I voted on Friday night um, before the election, and I voted because I voted early because I was going to be out all day. I was chasing Elizabeth Watson Brown around Brisbane, but um, I, I by the time I got to the front of the line because I got right got there right as the the deadline hit, um, that I really needed to go to the toilet. So, and this is my greatest shape. I voted above the line. <laughs> I kind of. I one of I made both my parents do that. I made both my parents do that, except everyone arguably, and I just it was to more do important it. here yeah. because below the line your preferences can't be controlled. Above the line they can in our Victorian upper house. At least for the Senate, with you, you you know you knew where your preferences were going. Yeah. With my parents, I was like, okay, you need to number like I don't know if it was like it was like yeah. five below the line or something like yeah, five below the line. Um, but I insisted on making my parents number them all and it got up to like yeah. 50 or 60 yeah. or something like that. And I just did it. And I'm like, this is, this is sending a message about below the line voting and, and preferences. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's convenient, but in like, Victoria, again, when you actually I, have yeah. someone else Look, controlling unless, it, let's say this is the one thing. to six above the line, or it'll probably be one to five in Victoria's yeah. case if we switched to a Senate-style system, which I don't think we'd do. We'd go more like a New South Wales SAWA type thing. But yeah, one to six above, one to 12 is very simple to remember. Although, uh, Victoria yeah. is much more complicated, um, and I know this, this podcast is going to go for two hours if I rant more, so I'll wrap it up, but uh, yeah, it can be complicated. <laughs> Look, I love the rants. This is this is the podcast for rants. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's very exciting. And being working in journalism, like regardless of what kind of journalism you work in, it's very it's been a very exciting time mm. over the last five or six years. Um, and I look, it's going to get more and more exciting with the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games uh, coming here. Commonwealth Games just doing no, a second. Unfortunately, any network point. that is not um, like seven uh, wanting to cover any kind of Olympic games. You're yeah. screwed with those footage requirements. You are absolutely screwed. The the IOC rules are so strict. Yeah. And might I add, it's even harder for us because on YouTube, it's just an auto strike. Like, we don't even have the option. We're on a warning now. Yeah. So any strike is just an immediate one-week ban. We've had it happen twice. Both times we've overturned it. But, uh, yeah, it's a mess, isn't it? I am looking forward to it, though, and, um, and just purely because... You know, you like the Aussie stuff. And I think uh, Tokyo 2021, yeah. just watching it at home on lockdown and seeing the Aussies doing something was great. And, uh, yeah. Shame it wasn't Tokyo 2020. Yeah, man, look, perfect I, logo it, for it and everything. It was great. would have yeah. been great. I love how the local logos were still everywhere as well. We're still well. called we Tokyo 2020, uh, I believe, officially, into, too. Much into their hockey. But, ah, uh, well. Yeah. Um, I suppose I suppose it's some antiquated IOC rule, whatever. Mm. But yeah, um, well, um, we're kind of running out of time at the moment. Uh, thank you so much, Leo, for coming on the podcast. It's been so fun chatting with you. It's it's really lovely to speak to someone who who has the quote same youthful energy as I <laughs> oh, do. I'm losing the youthful energy every single day, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the bitterness the bitterness fades in very quickly unfortunately it does it does um, <laughs> um yeah, yeah where can so people find you I'm on the on, internet uh, twitter for all the rants leo underscore puglisi six that's p-u-g-l-i-s-i but in terms of six news stuff whole team and it's a numeral by the way not the word every time six news au.com no.au uh youtube.com forward slash at six news au 
uh, at 6 News AU on any social media as well. Subscribe to us, uh, and we're also on Patreon if you'd like to give us a bit of extra support because we, get, we don't have any advertisers. We have a tiny bit of YouTube ad money, but it's, it's like nothing because any video on a somewhat serious topics to monetize anyway, mm-hmm. that's patreon.com forward slash 6 News AU, just $4 a month, patreon.com forward slash 6 News AU. But again, every single link can be found in the one place, which is 6 But yeah, anytime, really great yeah. chatting and... Um, and uh, and yeah, it's good to know that someone yeah. else can actually talk about weird uh, p- uh, political stuff and, and knows something as well and isn't just silently nodding along like, what is this 15-year-old <laughs> ranting about? But then again, <laughs> I can go much deeper. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you and I probably could sit for hours and speak mm. about all the weird stuff that goes on, especially you as a Victorian and myself as a Queenslander. Like, just the fact... I'm so curious about states having a state, um, states having upper houses. I think it's it's so fascinating because I've never gr- I've grown. I believe up also it house, seems so, like uh, whoever's um, in opposition yeah. calls for the upper house and then changes their mind as soon as they're in government, and then the cycle continues, uh, which is a uh, a uh, what a, what a thing that is, isn't it? Um, I, I remember very, very quickly. Yeah, it very quickly. I, just, like, such a I remember yeah, speaking to, um, getting an interview with uh, Aidan McClendon, eventually ran in Freedom here, he used to be an MP up there, eventually joined Cata. He's been in like eight parties uh, and, he, and he was calling it. And then actually that's when he dropped that he was forming this new Freedom Party. And so I do all these interviews. But yeah, I bear so interesting there because unlike like ACT, or Tasmania, Tasmania does have an upper house, so it's really yeah. weird. Uh, or even the NT, you barely really see these days minority governments in Queensland, even though you only have one chance. You get the super majority most of the time, and that's why when it happens, when you get the double majority, <coughs> WA with an insane majority, uh, that's why it becomes noteworthy. But I'm starting to rant during the wrap-up part of this, yeah. so I'll stop now. And again, <laughs> six news. No, no, no. Has there been anything that? Yeah. Yeah, look, has there been anything that you've been reading, watching, or uh, interacting with uh, that you wanted to I'd plug? just say go watch American Psycho, a great movie. Anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I tweet about it a lot. American Psycho, Patrick Bateman, go watch it. He's literally me. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, yeah. That, that's about it. I, I, Everything else I watch is uh, Six News. <laughs> There's the other plug. I can keep the plugs going yeah, all night. Yeah. <laughs> Every single appearance I've made um, on the ABC's drum show, yeah, yeah. I have made a plug. Every single time without fail. You, of all things, I was about to plug the drum because I really, I've, I've finally had a terrestrial TV hooked up. It's the first time in many years I've sat with a terrestrial TV, and I really enjoy watching the drum. I like they the get drum into too. some really That's spicy debates, and it doesn't have the same stigma yeah, as Q. It's, it's good. It's, it's at a nice yeah. time too, six p.m. <laughs> instead of nine thirty-five. On a Q and A on a Monday, what was it Thursday? Let's yeah. be honest, a lot of people forget Q and A's on these days. As soon as they move to Thursday, it's dead, and they've moved it back because it's too late. Um, that being yeah. said, I know Q and A have yeah. uh, approached me, and they maybe will get me on later this year. So I take back anything negative about Q and A, and I think nine thirty-five is a great time <laughs> for me to go to the ABC studio. I'm going to stop talking before I blow media opportunities with Look, everyone else. Yeah. Look, yeah, I don't know. The ABC's got a lot of a lot of work. I think they've got to do internally on uh, the way they operate. There's, I think, it as with the media landscape changes, so does yeah. our national broadcaster have to change. And if that mean if that means reviewing the time of Q and A and other big 
political things and maybe the validity of programs such as Insiders and the Drum and, you know, reevaluating where what value that they serve, yeah. I think it's really important. Um, you can find me on set at sam.journalist on Instagram and on TikTok. You can find me at samobjournalist on Twitter. I do not no tweet as much as Leo does. I mostly uh, make observations of uh, the crazy things that go on or uh, am retweeting things from the podcast where uh, absolutely unhinged quotes get taken out of context um, without, without, with much, or actually of all things, this week, uh, one of the other podcasts on the Deus Ex Media Network was talking about uh, how, how I keep saying it's lovely chatting to you, uh, which is something that I didn't realise I said all the time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, thank you so much, Leo, for coming on the podcast. Uh, and I'm looking forward to Jeez, seeing any time. Thank you very much. Content and Capable was recorded, edited, and produced by Samuel O'Brien. You can follow the podcast at Content, the letter and Capable on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find it on Facebook. You can also send an email through to contentandcapablepod at gmail.com with any of your thoughts, queries, or concerns. The best way to support the podcast is to leave a review on your preferred podcatcher so more people can hear the podcast. The art was done by Opia and the music was written, edited and produced by Jason Hilton. Content and Capable is proud to be a part of the Deus Ex Media Network where you can find a podcast for any of your nerdy interests. Hey folks, Alex and I have been traveling, so there's no new episode today, but don't worry, there'll be one on Friday, I promise. I would make that happen for you. Our schedule has been pretty crazy, and we haven't really had time to sit down to record The Great Divide, but I prepared this little trailer for you guys, and I hope you all like it. So, enjoy! Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you, sitting there on a seal. Well, now look at back at me. I'm on, a, on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Thank you for listening to Content and Capable. Don't forget to rate and review, and we'll see you next week for another episode. Dave X Media.